Hey, pumpkins. Welcome to another episode of Copulators Die First. Hi. And as always, our episode contains spoilers. Heavy spoiler content. And if you haven't already seen the film, go ahead and press pause now and we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week here at Copulators Die First. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Nicholas. Um, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I am feeling okay. However, <laughs> it is another long week. It's always a long week when you're an adult. Yeah, I just, I, I <laughs> don't know what's going on lately. It's like, is, is Mercury in retrograde again or something? It's in Gatorade or something. <laughs> it's in Gatorade. Oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know, man. I think everything just sucks. And I like I don't people, want I don't want to be an adult anymore. People are just super cranky. Uh yeah. I have like I've been covering for like people at my job for like the last two fucking weeks and I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> well you tired. I'm fucking tired. I'm dying. The, yeah, is... that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm dying. Technically, we're all dying right now, though. So, you know. Speaking of, do you uh, want to discuss this week's film? That was actually a very um, good segue, and I did not even intend on that. But yeah, so it's still Pride Month. We've done a movie covering the L and the G of LGBT, which means to this week is the B. And I did not mean to semi-rap and or create a poem, but that's what happened. Um, so, yeah, this week we are covering a ho- mm, horror movie is a strong word for this. It's more part. of like, mm, I want to say like a thriller. It's not even psychological. It's more like a romantic thriller, a sexual thriller. I don't know. Sexual deviance thriller. Yeah, so we... It's very strange. Yeah, so so obviously this week we are covering a movie that puts the B in LGBT. And we are talking about 1983's The Hunger. Um, that was pretty accurate. Uh, okay, so before we get to anything about this film... Yeah. Um, as you had mentioned, the trailer is super extra. As and, is the movie, but and, yeah. And we're going, well, yeah, because opulence. Uh, literally. So um, play a little tidbit from the trailer. Yeah, just so you know what we're working with. The timeless beauty of Catherine Deneuve. The cruel elegance of David Bowie. The open sensuality of Susan Sarandon combined to create a modern classic of perverse fear. Yeah, so that's how extra that was. Yeah. um, Intriguing, was it not? I was not intrigued. I was uh, was intrigued when I first heard the context of this film and you had me at Susan Sarandon and I wasn't mad. Uh Uh-huh. I mean... This isn't a bad movie. It's just. It's very weird. It's not what it's... you expected to have signed up for. No, not at all. <laughs> and I saw this movie a 
very long time ago and clearly had like movie amnesia (laughs) because this was nothing like I remember. Um, I mean, I also probably saw it when I was like a semi child because you must have because it came out in 1983. Yeah, and my father was into, like, seeing movies like this, Um, which, in retrospect, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was about to say, um, knowing what I know about your dad. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, he's a homo. A homo Uh, in denial. I mean, he ain't in denial, he's just more (laughs) like, he's like, he's, he's like a... Born in the 50s, self-loathing homosexual who struggles with internalized homophobia, um, which is far more common in his generation because of how they grew up. Um, but that discussion isn't not. Oh, excuse me. That was good. That was, that, was good. Like, that was a Chipotle burp. Mm. Oh, I'm so jealous. I was even telling Leanne, I was like, I'm real tired. I don't want to make dinner. Chipotle sounds real good and she was like lol we don't have money for that because we're going on a trip this weekend and i'm stressed stressed as fuck because i hate traveling because it is fucking stressful because i'm basically a dad and i need to have things organized i need to be packed i need my shit in order i need my ducks in a row and ask me how many things I have together. The answer is zero. So, <laughs> again, uh, you know, you, you know we're going to wing it. I'll pack one pair of shorts and wear them every single day. And that's that. Like, I mean, you're going to be on your trip for what, like a week? It's a weekend trip, right? Yes, it is a mini vacation. I will be leaving here tomorrow after work sometime getting to my mother's house in New Jersey because she so graciously agreed to let me sleep on her couch so that way I don't have to pay for an extra night of a hotel and you know that's like a whole other ordeal is being emotionally prepared to stay at my mom's house but that is fine (laughs) it is fine I I relate to this on, I I relate to this on many levels. I know, Um, I know. That's why I feel comfortable telling you. Yeah, I hear you. My qualms and my, um, it's not necessarily a qualm. It's more so uh, a trepidation because I am easily whelmed. Right. When I'm in, in the household that I grew up in. Um, that is louder than I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but yeah, it'll be fine. By the time this is up, we'll all have already done, been there. I'm sure it was fine. Plus, um, I will have a new tattoo. So I will be fine. I will be fine. And I like driving. I like driving long distances. I'm driving at night, which is also a thing I enjoy. Oh. Yeah, because I'm leaving here probably tomorrow, shortly after work. You know, the whole shebang. I want to get to my mom's house before it's not like, you know, three in the morning. You know. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. I'm so glad because sometimes the things I think about don't always make sense to me. Like this movie. Right. Um, <laughs> it sounds like our neighbors are 
at just banging on the walls. Are like, they are they banging each other? No, they don't do that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just you just gotta bang one out or something. I don't know. Well, I, I I I'm not really sure if there's a couple that lives next door. I think it might just be the mom. Um, I'm not really sure if there is a man or woman in the picture, but what I do know is she has four children. That's they're, too many. They're, they're, they're young. Um, their apartment's obviously the same size as ours and it's a two bedroom. So like enough space for a couple like me and Arthur and our little 25 pound doggy. Um, but for, growing children and then they have two cats and two dogs and one of them is like a little fluffy puppy that they just got cute well like yes but not enough space and the mom doesn't really you know regulate her children and um the children don't know how to really deal with the dogs because to them, they're basically just playthings. And I was walking Luca the other day. As you do. You know, because he's got to do his stuff. And they were outside with the dogs. And the son is probably like nine. The daughter's probably like seven. And she lets them play outside by themselves unsupervised and then the 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 other two children are older like they're probably like high school age like 14 15 so Uh, should have actual responsibilities got it but they don't and so they're always like oh my god doggy so like they ran over to luca not realizing that luca does not care about humans no when, when especially when he's trying to just do his business uninterrupted and um and i noticed that the children were basically like playing this game where they would run up and down the block and see who gets you know their first i guess like you call them races or something like i don't know but um okay (laughs) but each of them had one of the dogs and they so it's this puppy that's literally like you could fit it in your hand and it's like a little just like fluff nugget and it's cute as fuck. And then they have like a dog that's about to be a year old. Um, and I don't know the breed, but it's like got a longer snout. Like um, I don't know what it is, but it's like it looks like probably some type of hunting dog. But regardless, um, so the children each have a dog and they're like, oh, we're, we're, we're racing, whatever. But they have them on leashes. And dogs, especially young dogs, like, they're not going to run with you unless you, like, tell them to and or they want to. So they're running up and down our block with these dogs on leashes. And they're, like, basically pulling these dogs back and forth by their necks. That's a whole lot of not smart to me. And, like, it took so much of my will and inner strength to not, number one, yell at these children. Because they, like, like bombarded Luca to the point where he couldn't shit anymore. Which, 
don't fuck with Luca when he has to shit. Because if he doesn't shit outside, he's going to shit in the house. And I don't want that. That's number one. Number two, like, I don't want to call it animal cruelty. But it's like, you're not treating these dogs well. Like, they are also living beings. And yes, you've, you know, purchased them. But they are a part of your family. They're not just a fashion accessory or a toy. Like, they're alive. You gotta take care of those little babies. So, like, I was just having all of the help, the the heart palpitations. And I've gotten so far away from my original point, I don't know what we were talking about anymore. Um, It's this fucking weird movie that you made me watch this week. But how did we get to me being concerned that my neighbor... Oh, um, they're banging on the walls, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Banging on the walls. So speaking of weird... Banging on walls? Weird, weird, <laughs> weird, weird banging. Um, that's how this movie starts. A whole bunch of weird banging. Yeah, so um, The Hunger, 1983. David Bowie, Catherine Deneuve, Susan Sarandon. Um... So, first things first, um, Catherine Deneuve basically plays this immortal being who practices vampirism. Um, It's, you know, like, hinted at that she has been around for a very long time because she has flashbacks to, like, when she lived in Egypt, when there was still the Egyptian Empire, and... And then, like, she was somewhere in the English countryside when she found David Bowie. And she's had all these lovers and da-da-da-da-da. I mean, as one would if they're eternal. Right. But, um, so, my my point being, um, I don't know if I used that correctly, but um, right from the start, I was like, oh. So, like, Ryan Murphy straight up... Like, I don't even want to call it an homage because it's like basically he used this storyline for American Horror Story Hotel. Oh, yes. I noticed that as well. Um, You know, like even like how they don't bite people. They have some type of instrument that's always on them that they puncture people with and then they drink their blood. And, um, you know, Lady Gaga taking multiple lovers over her immortal life and. All the things I was like, oh, okay, I see. Like, just Lady Gaga's way of life and how opulent it is, and she's collected all these things because she's lived for so long. Da 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 da. Um, so I was like, I see you. Um, but I like, mean, realistically, when has Ryan Murphy ever been known to do anything actually original? He uh, tends to do this thing where he starts a project and then he gets bored halfway through. And then he's just like, well, we'll figure it out. And that's what happened to Glee. And that's what happened to American Horror Story. Like, American Horror Story, fucking boring. You know the last season that I watched all the way through? Coven. Well, Coven was really amazing, let's be honest. There was Stevie Nicks. There was Witches. There. It is my favorite one, and I will... I, I fucking... Ugh, I'll stand by it. Balenciaga! Balenciaga. I mean, it's multifaceted. It has multi-layers. It's got some... You know, Kathy Bates, which I enjoy. Um, it has some Stevie Nicks. But anyway, I digress. This movie is well, right. real weird. So, um, yeah. So, 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 
Do you so, want to do you want to do something different? Do you want to go through our lists first? Because realistically, this movie literally has no plot yeah. at all. I mean, but okay. nothing nothing actually happens until about fifty eight minutes in, from what I notice. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. So there's very little plot. I feel like this is like an art house piece. You know what I mean? Um, art house piece. It's a fart house piece. Um, and it's just like <laughs> the way it was shot is like so dramatic and 80s. And like everything is just like it's so 80s. Like it's hard stone, metal, like, you know, industrial. We are humans. We are on this earth. Um, you know, rock and alternate and, you know, um, underground and like all these you know hot button words that are like the the 80s new york scene um but apparently even though this is set in new york they taped a lot of this or shot what what you know how they say in the biz they shot a lot of this movie mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. in in london or somewhere oh. in the uk um and then as soon as I saw that tidbit of information, I started paying more attention to the buildings and the outside shots. And I was like, oh, yeah, this ain't New York. Um, that could also plot hole be how David Bowie, quote unquote, in pre 9-11 America can just jet set to Sweden just because he feels like it. I mean, he didn't actually go to Sweden. Definitely not. He became a pile of dust. He became a rotting corpse, but still alive because of the curse of drinking Catherine Devineau's blood. And her um, name is Miriam. Miriam. So, yeah. So, Catherine Deneuve's character is named Miriam. David Bowie is John. And Susan Sarandon is Sarah. Sarah. Um, and Sarah, yeah. you cannot escape. So, um, so what basically... Is, what's the deal with this? Uh, so... Sarah, she's like, she. one of my favorite lines, it's like not really in context. I mean, it is, but her husband or boyfriend, whomever yeah. he is, is an asshole. Uh, and yeah, he's like an 80s bro doctor. That's like, oh, uh, he's think. so rude. And he's like, they're at dinner and he's like chastising her for ordering what she wanted. The whole thing, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, I think you should see a doctor. And she's like, I am a doctor. Oh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like, women can't be doctors. Women can't have any sort of thought or semblance for themselves. Duh. All, all reliant on a man. Um, David Bowie. Yeah, and then David Bowie's there. and <laughs> He's shot, there for a little bit. He's shot in a lot of dramatic lighting. Oh, uh, that brings me to my next point about the dramatic lighting. What about the dramatic lighting? So the dramatic lighting when he's when David Bowie is standing in the living room or parlor or you know, and he's yelling at Miriam. He's like, "Come back, Miriam!" and it's like echoing. Well, I think that's supposed to be a part of their like vampire powers. It's fucking rude. It's it's very, very dramatic for what it is. But that lighting, when she's ascending those stairs, 
is very visually and intentionally or not probably is because this is a Tony Scott film is shot in homage to the staircase scene in Nosferatu. Girl, I knew where you were going with that and you are definitely correct. Bing, bing, bing. 100 points to Hufflepuff. Woo! You're a Hufflepuff? Yeah, dude. I don't know what I am. I'm scared that I... am probably a Slytherin. (laughs) Oh my god, wait. So wait though. So when I took the (laughs) quiz... When I took that quiz, like on the actual like Harry Potter website, I did get Slytherin, but I decided to ignore it because I didn't want to be Slytherin. I totally called it. You're totally a Slytherin. You know who else is totally a Slytherin? Who? Brandon. Oh, Brando. He is a Slytherin, but then they redid the test somehow. Yeah. I don't know what kind of algorithm they're fucking with. But they redid the test, and he came back a Ravenclaw. So it's well, like, like a, a I mean, Slytherinclaw, like, I guess. You know. I mean, green is definitely more my color. You know what I mean? One of my favorite colors. Um, ugh, I just, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be associated with Draco Malfoy. Me either. Like that's not who I am. That's not that's not how I live my life. Slytherin um, way of life. Yeah, like I'm not a I'm not a snake. Mmm, snake. I'm a I'm a snake. I'm, I'm a snake. I'm a slither snake. That's another. That's another. That's another <laughs> video on 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 the internet that has just you know kind of invaded our general conversation. It's okay. Because the only thing that like was the bright spot in my day is that they're doing another Spice World movie. What? Yep. You I'm sorry. Me. Wait. I, I pause. Excuse <laughs> me. With just the four of them? <laughs> no. Victoria Beckham is going to be involved? Yes. And it's going to be scripted or a documentary? I mean, I'm not 100% certain. I mean, there's there's also rumors that if this UK tour does well enough, they might bring it to the States. Uh, okay. Sorry. And that, I was trying to contain it. I know. And, like, if they do that, number one, I will be there. And number two, you know, my prayers to Shaka Khan have been answered because... I was so sad when they're like, we're going on another tour. And they were like, JK, only in our neck of the woods. And I was like, why? Also, I've already watched like a good portion of this concert on YouTube because that's what I do with my free time. Sure thing. But I would love to see it in person. So, uh, um, okay. So the this is a Hello Giggles article. So I feel like it's fairly accurate because they're snobby um Uh new spice girls movie is slated for release in 2020 all five spices are on board i don't know what that means but i'm excited about it um let me see beep boop beep boop uh the hollywood report confirmed that the animated movie is happening i'm sorry That's probably the only way they could have gotten Victoria Beckham to do anything. Uh, uh, I don't know what. Oh, it's animated. End quote. And wait, 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 wait. End quote. All five Spice Girls are quote unquote very involved. 
What does that mean? Oh no, these noises that I'm making, I can't control. It's also the original production company. It's still Paramount. Oh Paramount my. animation president Marielle Soraya revealed that the Spice Girls, quote unquote, had an idea that we've been developing. Girl, you've been drawing your own comics. Is that what you're telling me? Uh-huh. All, all five Spice Girls will voice their characters. Ellipses, yes. Even Victoria Beckham. Okay, so, it, but is it going to be like, is it like, is it like cartoon or is it going to be CGI? Like, I need to know these oh. things. Like, like I don't understand. Like, this is something I didn't know that I needed in my life. I, like, you know, like our parents never really had, like, <laughs> a like like a girl group. Well, that's not true. No, but, they had a lot of boy bands, but like, like young boy bands. Right, like, and they, they also, like, they had a lot of, like, bands and groups that once they were done with their careers, they were done. Like, you had their music. Maybe they went on some, like, reunion tours. But that was that. The I Spice mean, Girls Al- are, like, Allison is, like, or she still has all of her Partridge family shit from when she was a teeny tot. mm so yeah. I can imagine Camille being also sentimental to the boy bands of her youth, be it, you know, probably the monkeys because your mom was like a hip lady. I mean, I don't even really know what my mom like. I Can you picture my mother as a teenager like no. in, in her room? Like what no. posters would she have had up? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, honestly, like, because probably your mom a food is... pyramid like to remind her to eat her vegetables. <laughs> yeah, maybe like a hang in there cat. Yeah, like my grandma probably didn't like allow her to have like posters of men. Oh, uh, probably not. Like I don't even I never even had that conversation with her. Like I don't know like who was her like teenage crush, like all those things. And now can this we, is a conversation. Can we have your mom on just so we could ask her these things? These um, these hard hitting questions. A mom Q and A. Mom Q and A. Ask your mom the hard hitting questions. This is state line. Yeah. Um, With Josh Frankowitz. Wow. So there's going to be an animated Spice Girls movie. And I mean, it's not for like, they can't, it, it can't be for children. You know what I mean? Like this is clearly geared towards their established audience this is for us this isn't for them maybe for their kids you know what i mean maybe that's true i think some of them have some young ones oh yeah they all all of their children are still like under 20 yeah oh yeah um and and a lot of them definitely have like youngins like young yeah like scary spice has like i think she has littler babies I don't know about her. All I know is I don't know how she stays so skinny after popping out. I mean, they all look really good for popping out babies. Obviously, Mel C hasn't, but who knows about that? I mean, I always thought she was the lesbian of the group. That's fine. So did I. And apparently she's not. Per our one episode. We'll go back and listen to it. I don't know what one it is. But anyway, so this movie, um, Spice Girls animated movie. Okay, so this comes back to David Bowie somehow. Probably because English. Sure. That's my connection. Music um, industry. My my notes for this movie are thus. David Bowie is rapidly aging. He's 30 years old. 
<laughs> and he's acting very dramatic that he looks like an old man because he has liver spots on the back of his hand. And then my note also says, gay death after 30. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, he's basically being overly dramatic about being over 30. Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> That's the subject. I, I don't really care that I'm 30. Oh, actually, I'm 31 now. I don't really care yeah, so at all. I definitely don't care about being 30. It's done and over with. Um, You know, it may have been the fact that he was rapidly aging beyond what he should have looked like for a 30-year-old. But he also was, like, permanently 30 for, like, 300 years. Yeah, so I feel like he was due um, for expiration. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I also, like... I want I, I want to believe that because this movie came out in 1983, so it was a little bit before, like, the real onslaught of the AIDS crisis, that none of this had to do with being a metaphor for HIV and AIDS. Um, but you never know. Yeah, that was another thing I thought about as well, especially... With him, one, aging rapidly and dying so soon. And that could also be a link to that. And, like, was this whole thing a lesson in, like, don't have promiscuous sex because you can catch a disease that could kill you even if it takes a long time? Which, like, all matches up with HIV and AIDS. But at the same time... This is a vampire movie in 1983, which is not about the story, but mostly about aesthetics. Um, and it might just be a super duper coincidence. I don't think yeah, we have to I go. I don't think we have to go any further into that. You know, not not that we're taking HIV and AIDS lightly, but like you know, there's movies where there are clear, very distinct parallels, and this is all just question marks. And let's be honest. Um, there's plenty of other shit going on in this movie where I want to believe that this that was not in anybody's mind because this is kind of like how do I describe this movie? Like a mental a mental lobotomy and like yes a lobotomy is mental regardless but it's not a physical lobotomy. It's like, let me turn my brain off for two hours and just watch pretty things on the screen um, and be taken to a completely different way of life and wonder what the hell I'm watching. It's technically an erotic horror. So that's the genre we're going to stick with for this bad boy. Okay, so we actually guessed correctly yeah between a doctor who specializes in sleep and aging research and a vampire couple see that's yeah. where that's a plot hole because i don't know if she necessarily deals with like a sleep specialist or is she well you know what i mean i don't think she's necessarily a sleep specialist because she's talking about genetic diseases like she's talking about like progeria which oh girl i'm, I'm fascinated i'm fascinated by progeria like so yeah, so I remember how I said, I don't know if I said this at the end of last episode or just to you in preparation for this episode, but there's always something 
with Susan Sarandon when she's in a movie that I watch that I end up finding problematic. No, I did not. You didn't tell me this at all. Oh, okay. So then I had this conversation with myself in my head. Which is fine. Maybe you and your notes had this conversation. Well, it is in my notes. Um, But, like, no offense to Susan Sarandon. She's done a lot of things in her career. Um, I respect her for, you know, her body of work. Oh, I'm sorry. I did lie. You did say this on last week's episode that... Mm -hmm. Susan Sarandon can be problematic, but we didn't discuss why. And well, I was so, like, I'll, I'll trust you. Yeah, no. And not that she's like problematic, but like specifically for me, because she always makes some type of choice in her movies or whatever she's doing. Oh, okay. So not her as a person. I can breathe. No. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, mm, there was some questionable stuff going on. I mean, she, she like owns like a ping pong bar in New York City, which... Or there's probably more than one location, which is, like, not a bad business move, but, like, Very odd. really. Um, so, anyway, so so the choice she made in this movie that took me out of it and angered me greatly is, um, you know, just as a reminder, I am a genetic counselor, so I am trained in human genetics. Um, I'm not flaunting around my credentials. However, she's playing a doctor that is you know saying that she has a specialty in a very specific subset which includes genetics and so she starts this interview on tv for her book and i was like oh susan sarandon as a doctor that's an interesting choice and then my concerns were confirmed when she just she pronounced progeria wrong. She called it progeria or something like that. She did pronounce it strangely. I don't know if it was incorrect or like progeria. I think it yeah, was yeah, like that's progeria. Yeah, and I was and like, like, ooh, somebody didn't help you with that, right? So, so whatever, however she said it, I was like, bitch, are you talking about progeria? Um. And it angered me so greatly as a geneticist that I was like, I'm, I'm done here. Like, why, why Susan? <laughs> Susan, get it together. So like, that's a very specific qualm, mainly just because of my life experience. Um, and then they were talking about like genetics and like, like all this like pseudoscience that they were doing. I don't know what the fuck they were doing with the monkeys. Um, that's in my notes. It was making me very uncomfortable. I felt like it was like super duper like leaning hard into like animal cruelty territory. Literally my thoughts. So thank you for addressing. Oh, that. It was making me feel all of the bad feels. And I was like these poor monkeys. I'm sure they weren't real monkeys, but like it was just it was violent. And there was no um, there, there was there was just no respect for the animals. Like they were. There- there was also like, no reason for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it no, didn't seem yeah. like it progressed the plot or, yeah, like, like helped like, that pro- progeria storyline whatsoever. And also, like, progeria had nothing to do with 
the storyline either. And like, it was just this one, like she said it once, like, oh, progeria. And I was like, okay, I get you're like talking about aging. And so progeria makes sense. But then they're doing this study with the monkey about like the advanced aging. And he was like, the monkey was aging, like what, like years? It was was five years a minute. And I was like, that is so fucking exaggerated. And it's like clearly not real. Um, And I like I understand that they were like trying to like create like a base or a center for like vampirism, like in actual science and like in the actual world, which like I get that that's cool. But like it was so fucking sloppily done. I did not appreciate it. And Susan Sarandon was just was she was not a convincing doctor to me. Um, Again, I'm probably being extremely biased um i mean i don't think it's biased if you spent like almost a decade of your life studying this and she read a script for 45 minutes yeah i just uh, it just didn't make any sense like none of the sciencey quote sciencey parts of this movie had anything to do with each other sciencey science it's like so sciencey and then like like they, they could have just stuck to like like they could have cut out all of like the really awkward random scenes of her being in her office with her colleagues doing that study and them uh, talking to the monkeys. And like in the beginning when she's being a real cunt to the one monkey that's being, I guess, annoying or whatever. Yeah. Um, it just didn't, it, it it brought nothing to this. And I mean, let's be honest, there's not much to this. So that's, you know, a drop in the bucket, if you will. But I just, I was, I was affected viscerally by how sloppily and unprepared all the doctor shit was. And then, oh, you, oh, you have this other strain of blood in your blood. Bitch, how'd you find that out by putting a drop of blood on a fucking slide and looking at it? No. Nah. It doesn't work that way. Let me go to this blood specialist because this blood specialist will be able to help me out with this thing that's never been seen by humankind before. No, I don't think so. Um, so, again, I guess shrug it off because we can't change it now. And uh, that's just me being pragmatic and black and white and a defender of my line of work. So whatever, we're going to stop this train of thought because I'm sure no one wants to listen to this tirade anymore. So that is that. But anyway, we have vampire couple. We have Susan Sarandon doctor. Basically... David Bowie's character is aging and he didn't realize that was going to happen. And we come to find out that essentially Catherine Deneuve's character is the one true immortal vampire lady. And what she doesn't ever tell her new lovers when she takes them and turns them is that, yeah, they'll be young and stay the age they are for a very long time. But then they're going to rapidly age and the curse of having this hunger is 
that they'll never die. Like they'll just be a conscious vegetable basically in this decrepit body. And she stores her old lovers in boxes in her fucking attic. Which is, I mean, why else would you need a gigantic apartment like that other than your dead lover's corpses? I, it's just, it's so fucked up. Like, could you imagine, I mean, like, obviously this is not real, but could you imagine if you could not die and you had to live out the rest of your life in a closed wooden box and you couldn't move? Yeah, kill me now. That sounds like a rough time yeah and and so clearly like i understand why david bowie is concerned about where his life (laughs) is going i mean also this takes me back to my other point of david bowie being dramatic david bowie waits for dr susan sarandon for two hours ages 60 years (laughs) but that wasn't his choice (laughs) it was all very dramatic to me either way He's like, oh, it was. It was very Oh, you you made me wait. Like, yes, she's a busy lady. Like, she has a job. What do you do? Well, she also purposefully avoided him. So that was a cunty move. Tough. Sometimes you got to make cunty moves in life. I I, I don't disagree with you. (laughs) Um, but he stuck around, and and you know the nurse is like, oh, you can't smoke in here, sir. He's like, okay, okay, fine. I'll put, do you want coffee? And then he doesn't say anything. And he is very sassy in return. And, and then, I, I mean, I just don't understand why Susan Sarandon so actively pursued this couple because it's so weird. You don't know them. And I understand once Miriam has put her little vampire spell on her that she comes back because she's in her head. But before that, you had to place yourself at their house and you had no reason to do that. And and now the only reason you want to take David Bowie seriously is because you saw how much he aged. So you're like, oh, fuck, this is my ticket to, you know, superstardom. And I'm going to discover something miraculous and be the next Nobel Peace Prize winner and all this totally. bullshit. Totally. It, it was totally out of, like, an act of, uh, you know self-promotion rather than actually help this guy she was being super selfish and um i was not here for it i could re i could i could see through her little lies um and then the other thing the other thing where like her after uh miriam was like oh he left he went to sweden slash the attic so i guess we're calling the attic sweden now but um (laughs) So she's all, like, all my lovers retired to Sweden, and by that I made a box in my attic, um, literal skeletons in her closet, dude. So she's like, she's like talking to her, and you know, she, she's being like flirtatious yet aloof, yeah, at the same time. And Sarah slash uh, Susan is like, are you? Was that a pass at me? And right. she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 15 seconds later, making out. I don't understand. 
And then, like, not even 15 seconds later making out, 15 seconds later making out, and then two seconds later naked in bed drinking each other's blood. Yeah, that's how it happens. That's called U-hauling. So, <laughs> that's how vampires U-haul. Yep, that's how vampires U-haul. I, I, it's just, I get it. Like, she's supposed to have these vampire powers, and she puts the spell on you and whatever. Um, and I, I find it very interesting that they got Catherine Deneuve to do this because she has that very, you know, French way about her. That's like, you know, kind of, as you said, like, I don't care, but I also want to sleep with you at the same time. Mm, Conflicts. Um, but really all this bitch is looking for is a new bitch to drink her blood so she could have a new lover because she doesn't want to be alone. Uh, And at first, I kind of feel for Miriam because, you know, woe is her. She is immortal. She just doesn't want to be alone. Um, Vampire lesbians in a nutshell. But, but, okay, sure. But what is she getting out of having a partner other than someone to be with because you know uh if we get super existential here regardless of if there's someone else there with her or not she's living in a constant state of loneliness right so so what does having the lover do for her other than having a mouth and or penis and or vagina to do things with Oh, it's like a warm body. I guess it kind of like, you know, aids in that depression. I don't know. Maybe she's using her sexual exploits as like a coping mechanism for her eternal loneliness. I don't know. Well, right. Or because nothing is explained properly, maybe she needs a lover. And this is just, I'm just spitballing here. This is very hypothetical. Um maybe the only way she stays immortally young the way she does is she takes a lover and she is almost feeding off of their youth until it's completely depleted and then they get put in the box in the attic. Um, Sure. Perhaps, made chance, but we'll never know because nothing is explained at all in this movie. So I mean, that makes sense, kind of like a lifeblood situation. That makes sure, but I feel like that it's giving this film too much credit. one hundred percent. Because I don't. I mean, this this is uh, based on a book. It's very yeah. loosely based on a book. So I can only imagine if this is loosely based on a book, what the book actually contains. I mean, I'm sure the book actually contains a story. Maybe. You would hope because it's a book. Yeah. I don't know how else it would have been popular enough to become a movie. Uh, 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 I just... Do you have any other weird notes that I might have missed? Um, my other notes are a uh, big fan of that weird uh, new wave roller disco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And um, Miriam is extra AF because she's basically Lady Gaga's character in American Horror Story yes. per our previous discussion. She's super extra AF. Um, 
David Bowie's character is also super extra AF. Uh, And I mean, I mean, I don't think we really hit upon anything on my list. And this is more of a list of reactionary thoughts than anything else. So why don't we just briefly sum up this movie and then we can move on to reactions. Okay. Uh, So we've already kind of delved into this a little bit, but basically David Bowie's dying Catherine Devenu needs or Deneuve needs a new lover. She <laughs> sets her she sets her sights on Susan Sarandon, which sure, whatever. Um, that sounds like an indie band. Set yeah. my sights on Susan. Set my sights on Susan. That definitely sounds like an alternative band from like the aughts that became more popular than they expected to be. You know what I mean? Like the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Uh, sure yeah they definitely became more popular than they probably should have it's all because of disney and the magic of disney and the money they have behind them i don't hate it i don't know why they hitched their dollars to that wagon but they did and it worked out for everyone i guess but um are the jonas brothers vampires could be who knows who knows? There's got to be some sort of witchcraft because that Nick Jonas got suspiciously hot and I don't know why. It was because of the diabetes, which is I really... I don't think that's what that is. It was, it was <laughs> but the, the, the diabetes is really just the code word for the hunger. Do you think they were like, because when he was younger, he used to have like one of those insulin pumps. Do you think instead of it being insulin, it was just magic? And that's why they're, he grew up to be hot? Um, sure, but then also it's another... Disney magic, <laughs> right? Also, what happened to the fourth one? Do we know? Uh, oh yeah, he goes to Penn State. Really? Yeah, little Frankie Jonas, the bonus Jonas. Oh, so he's just like living this like very ordinary-ish life, and he's like very okay with it. I did like a quick Google search actually recently because so was like, "WTF happened to Frankie Jonas?" Because the other ones like. They all did their thing where they became married and stuff, and he's like yeah. a baby, so he definitely didn't get married. Well, right. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know. I don't like we we don't know nothing about his life, but no. I would be I would be a little bit jealous of like my brothers for marrying people like Priyanka Chopra and like. Um, I mean, shit. Yeah, I'm mad at anybody's less jealous of everybody who could have married Priyanka Chopra because she is stunning. Oh, she's, yeah, she's, she's gorgeous. She's like one, she's like the perfect example of a Middle Eastern woman. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, like, okay. Anyway, we've gone off on a tangent here about the Jonas Sometimes Brothers. Sometimes you just need to admire beautiful women for, for being beautiful women. Oh, I do that all the time. Like that's high. I understand. Yeah, totally. Uh, but anyway, uh, so basically we've established that the Jonas Brothers are a band of vampires Um, (laughs) back to the hunger uh yeah so so david bowie's like not having this living in a box thing and he's real pissed about it um but it happens anyway and it's really awkward and so catherine deneuve is like i'm by myself now what am i gonna do and so she seduces Sarusan. Sarusan? Who's Sarusan? Sarusan Sarandon. Sarusan. So she comes over and they have uh, a drink and she's like, 
you're seducing me and and Catherine's like I don't know what you're talking about but oops now we're naked and making out and I'm not gonna lie I never needed to see Susan Sarandon's boobs but now I have you know you add that to your list of stuff that's happened to you in your life Susan Sarandon's boobs I've seen Susan Sarandon's boobs and I have no thought on it because I don't <laughs> care about boobs, you know. Fair. Um, and I so mean, that, I I grew them, and I don't really have any particular feel about them whatsoever. Are you not? Are you not a boob girl? Eh, boobs are boobs, man. They're yeah. fine. I mean, there's man boobs. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, okay. So my favorite thing about this conversation is that you keep calling Catherine Deneuve by her full name. And to be honest with you, Diane, I have no fucking clue who she even is. So oh, she, she's a, she's a French actress. Um, she sure is. I'm just I'm following along, and I understand. But mm-mm. we'll just call her Miriam. She's just she. <laughs> no, I she, totally understand. I'm just like I don't I don't know who you are. But okay. She's just like she's an actress that's like famous for being extra which is probably why they chose her for this movie opulent yeah she's like she's that woman that's like i deserve the best because i am opulence and i own everything and she certainly did in this movie um literally and figuratively but is she too aggressive with getting what she wants potentially yes i'm gonna err on the side of yes because um she has an attic full of dead people she has an (laughs) attic full of living dead people which is horrifying and uh so so she and susan sarandon become like blood bitches basically (laughs) because one uh, blood bitch that's 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 date number two for lesbian mm-hmm. vampires yeah yeah that's like you know like that's that's second base you know yeah blood bitches mm, oh oh you did that you became blood bitches congratulations oh my god my god when is the shower yeah when's when's the when's the baby shower <laughs> um, yeah basically so so then susan like has had this experience and suddenly she is hungry all the time but she is turned off by actual food and she's at this date with her stupid stink ass boyfriend and she Mm -hmm. orders she orders a steak super rare um and so now obviously they're using a lot of uh you know things to show the hunger being visceral in very literal terms and uh i guess she forces herself to eat something at some point because then she throws it up later on at night and then like i here's the other thing how are you a doctor and then you can just run around the city doing whatever the fuck you want with no consequences you know is it because she's a is it because she's in research or she doesn't have actual patients like i don't understand but so the next day she's basically (laughs) running around new york and she's sweating very heavily and she's like there's something fucking wrong with me and so she goes back to visit catherine deneuve and she like oh oh bitch i know what's going on i did something to you and she's like what the fuck you do to me bitch she's like oh you're you're mine now you're my lover forever (laughs) 
And uh, surprise, Susan's not really super okay with that because she did not give her consent for this to happen at all. And basically, she is not up for drinking another person's blood and or killing them to do so. But she kind of like has to because if she doesn't, I don't know, like, is she going to explode because like she's a hungry vampire or whatever. So um, she's like there for a while, just like lying in bed and she's basically showing all of the signs of a addict and withdrawal of, you know, some type of illicit drug or substance of the like. And Catherine basically goes out and finds some like man ho. I think he's a I think he's a sex worker. Um, but she brings him back and she's basically saying, like, here you go, Susan. This is your first feeding. And she's like, nah, I ain't doing it. So so Catherine Deneuve is like, well, fine, I'll 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 drink him. So she does. And this is like the first time where she's like screaming Sarah at the top of her lungs multiple times. And it's really annoying. Um, and she's just like, Sarah, Sarah. And like, then she's like, okay, well, if you're not going to drink the blood, I'm going to do it. So she does. And <laughs> waste and, not, and want not. I guess, you know, when it went, you can't recycle that shit. You got to. You got to use it or lose it, I guess, you know? Um, and so the boyfriend comes a knock in being like, is she here, bitch? And Catherine's like, your tone seems very pointed right now, but yeah, she's here. And he's like, what a fuck? Like, why are you so sweaty? What's going on? <laughs> I'm just catching cops. <laughs> Basically. And so at this point, Susan's just kind of like, fuck, I'm so hungry. I got the hunger. I need to fix and so her like primal instincts kick in, I guess. And she takes her little onk necklace and she rips it off and she uses a little tiny dagger inside and she slits her boyfriend's throat. And to be honest with you, Diane, I was like, bye boyfriend. N- not sad that you're gone. Do you know what I mean? Especially after he was like, you've known her for three hours and she already gave you a gift. And it's like, yeah. do you not know how lesbians date? <laughs> like, Right, and you've known her for three hours. I'm the man of this house. What I say goes. I don't understand why you're even, you know, thinking. And it's like, hi, boo, I'm a doctor. Like, I have a brain. And then, like, this whole go to this blood specialist. Who the fuck is this quote-unquote blood specialist? You know what I mean? It's Um, me. It's me. <laughs> Might as well at this point. <laughs> I'm just g- give me some paperwork. I'm gonna stare at it, and then I'm gonna go. Yeah, your blood it stank. <laughs> Sorry about it. Bye. <laughs> your blood fucking busted, boo. <laughs> your blood is busted. You gonna die. You gonna die, mean, bitch. She could have like they could have just gotten a hot dog guy off the side of the road. No, seriously. You know what I mean? like, It's so dumb. I want my hour and a half back. (laughs) You you have another strain of blood in your blood that is competing for, like, the blood dominance? (laughs) The blood dominance. (laughs) The blood dominance. 
That's the sequel. Yeah. Oh God, gross. Um. So anyway. Um. So the blood so dominoes. Yeah. So she kills her boyfriend. She sucks his blood. She drinks it all down. She's like, "Fuck, I did that shit." And then she comes downstairs, and Catherine's like, "Oh, good, you've done it. Now you are mine. We'll be we will be together forever." You are my lover now, and you are mine, and I am yours, and like all this fucking bullshit. And then, like, they should have been wearing caftans and silk and just swooshing at each other. Well, I mean, there there's a lot of silk in in that house, just fl- flowing in the wind, you know. Um, again, very eighties, very. It's like a giant music video, is what this movie is. Oh you my know? god, yes, especially because like Bauhaus is playing in the beginning, and I was yeah. like. I'm living my new age, like, goth punk, like, fantasy at my desk, and nobody knows what I'm dancing to, but... Oh, yeah. that's, that's uh, literally exactly what was happening, like, literally, and uh, Bella Lugosi is dead, which is true, he is. That's R. a R. fact, P. man, sure is. R.I.P. Bella Lugosi. But it's, like, um, it's a very strange movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then here's my other big qualm with this movie. So we are now rolling up to the climactic ending. Sure. Um, and so, like, I had to rewind this a couple times, mainly because the shots they chose to use were so jarring and spastic that I couldn't see what was going on. So basically what happened was Susan Sarandon gets... Catherine Deneuve's Ankh necklace and stabs herself in the neck with Catherine's necklace. Stabbed you in the neck with a knife! So, like, she has done this because she doesn't want to be a vampire. She doesn't want this life um, because apparently she has morals and values or something. I don't know. But... (laughs) I don't think that's it. Yeah, I, whatever it is a reason that is unbeknownst to us because there's no actual character development in this movie. Um, other than opulence, they own everything because they live uh, forever. They literally have everything in their house because they are so opulent. They own everything. I mean, um, I feel like... Um... If you're alive that long, you have to own everything. Yeah, you, you've amassed a collection of things, including money, I guess. Um, but so, so Susan tries to kill herself. Apparently, according to IMDb, this is the most coherent explanation of the ending, which still doesn't make any sense, but here we go. So she stabs herself in the neck. Because it was Catherine's necklace, it pulls her forward. When she shoves it in her jugular, there's this huge gush of blood. And basically, Catherine Deneuve ingesting so much of Susan Sarandon's blood all at once causes her to lose her, like, immortal vampire powers. But step back for a second. Why? Excuse me, what? What she does for a living is literally drink blood. So why would this be any different? Literally for a living because she doesn't have a fucking job. She doesn't have a job. (laughs) This is her job. So, I mean, the only explanation I can even fathom is, again, not explained very well, but maybe because she has put her blood 
into Susan Sarandon's blood. And now she's basically drinking her own blood back at her. That like that negated her vampire powers or something. It's not a strong explanation. There's really none. But regardless, what happens is because of this happening, because Susan trying to commit suicide with Catherine's onk necklace knife thing. Um, number one, Catherine Deneuve is like, no, Sarah, my lover, my new lover. Why you do this? Why? And then <laughs> why? Why? Um, <laughs> and so she's sitting there. And so basically she's like immediately like, well, I guess this one, this one's fucked. I'm going to go get another box and put her in it. You know, so she brings her up to the, this one. <laughs> she brings her to the attic and she's she's taking a really long time doing everything and I suppose it's for dramatic effect but it's just like it's just annoying <laughs> if this was real life you wouldn't be standing in place thinking for like 30 seconds because you're supposed to be acting quickly here like your lover is dying and because they're not going to really die because they have vampire blood strain, bad blood in them, you need to find a box to put her in so that she can stay in there forever. Um, but basically, because Catherine lost her vampire powers when Susan did that for some reason, although <laughs> none, of, none of this is like ever explained other than through IMDb, um, all of the decrepit lovers I guess are, are no longer under her vampire spell so they have enough energy or whatever to get out of their boxes and then surround her so now she's in this room basically literally a set for an 80s music video like with a weird you know lighting in different block shapes and flowing fabric and all um, she is being harassed by her lovers, I guess, is the best way to explain it. And, um, so now they're like, they're not attacking her, but they're overwhelming her because she's already so emotional because she's, she's a lady of, of the blood and she's not used to having to deal with such things because, you know, what is her life? But so all of these like mummy creature old lovers come and they're like, don't do anything to Susan. Like we're going to get you because you're a fucking bitch cunt. And I didn't sign up for this bullshit. And so like, she's I didn't sign up for this. She's like swinging her arms everywhere. She accidentally like punches a jaw off of one of her old lovers. And then somehow, even though they're basically made of dust, they walk her far enough away from the room that they're back out in the hallway. And they don't like, they don't push her over the banister, but they suggest with their bodies that she should go in that direction. You should probably go that way. So it's she like when does. you're ushering your drunk friend into the Uber without being yeah. forceful. Yeah, so so that's basically what they do to her. And uh? she, she falls over the banister. And then she, like, screams and falls for, like, ten seconds, which is too long. 
And then there's just this like sequence of her swinging her head back and forth um, and them cutting away and then coming back and she's in a different makeup and then cutting away, coming back. She's in another makeup, but now she's even older. Cut away, come back. She's older again, et cetera, et cetera. You get the point until she herself is a mummy vampire woman creature. Um, and at first I, I thought to myself, oh, that's the end? Interesting. And oh. then and oh, then okay. that's not, not the end because uh, the – oh, well, I guess we didn't talk about the fact that there was that, like, really uh, um, gender ambiguous little girl that came to play violin with them. Um, but the detective – that's coming around after she disappears because David Bowie eats her, um, comes back after all this rigmarole happened and the house is up for sale because they're all dead and gone, we think. And then cut to Susan actually survived her fatal wound, I guess. And how... Is it because of vampire powers? We don't know. But also, where's this apartment? We have no idea. Is um, she still- we do. It's in London. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Like her new apartment? It looks yeah. like it could have been like maybe Tokyo or something. Like I don't know, but it's a high rise. It's obviously another another place of lap and luxury. It's and not New York, that's for sure. It's definitely not New York. Um and she has all these female lovers around her or, or servants. Like, we don't know. But we're, I guess we're meant to believe that she survived, uh, basically absorbed Catherine Deneuve's powers. So now she's the immortal one. And then she put Catherine in a box. Sure did. Boxing Sarah. <laughs> she's boxing Miriam. Box and Srusen. She's boxed. <laughs> box and Srusen. And then, and then, and then, and, and then. I, I totally didn't mean to go full drunk uncle, but it just happened. It was wonderful. I loved it. And then the last, the last moments is just this close up on a box. And hello. We hear, <laughs> we hear, we hear Catherine Deneuve screaming, Sarah. Sarah. And she's like, and, she's like, hold on, I'm holding the mic away. She's like, hello? Yeah. Hello? So, yeah. I just, what was the point? In, like, what, what, what did I gain from watching this movie? <laughs> Nothing. Appalons. Um, a fucking are... killer soundtrack. Soundtrack's pretty good. I mean, yes. And, and there's certainly, you know, um, from a homosexual perspective, uh, Ugh, that should be the name of our blog if we ever start one. Homosexual perspective. Lord um, knows we don't have time for that. So, homosexual perspective on this film. Lay I mean, it on me. Uh, Catherine Deneuve is everything. She's opulent. She's cunty. She's a bitch. She literally owns everything, but also has the attitude of I own everyone. Um, David Bowie's there. You know, he's dramatic. He's David Bowie. You know, um, there's no re- reason for an explanation there. There's just, you know, 
for for a gay man there's a lot of boob in this movie i don't you know um i didn't need to see that much of it and that's fine it's whatever um there's a lot of like unnecessary shower scenes between Catherine Deneuve and and David Bowie like more than one um which is one is a lot they don't happen very often in movies anymore and I don't know it's just it, it was it, nothing was explained I was not confused I was just like mm, I give up you know like I, I'm not even going to take the time to try to understand this more I was bored like all it just felt like they put all these things together, See, and you know how many of the things went together? None. Ma- none. Maybe one. If I'm and, being and generous. Like I, I, I enjoyed the opening sequence when they pick up that couple and bring them back, and then you know bloodlet them and drink them and whatever. Um, I, also, question: Do they have their own private crematorium? Who knows? Again, questions unanswered. But. Um, yeah, no, I enjoy this movie mainly because it just, to me, is like a giant fashion art piece, which never makes sense, but you watch it anyway, because you want to feel like you understand what people think is culture um, in a very specific subset of high-powered New York artists. Like, that's what this is. Like, it's very much like you are well off you live in manhattan in a high-rise apartment all your friends are also very well off you think you're very cultured you go to art expositions where nothing makes sense but you pretend to understand what's happening because that's what you do um and that's what this movie was to me it was just a giant art piece yeah that's that's pretty factual and Art is subjective, and sometimes art just sucks. And that's what this does. This sucks because it's about vampires, and it's also not good. I mean, I really enjoy the take on vampires. It just wasn't well executed. Um, I understand why this is an iconic piece of LGBT uh, cinema. I totally get that because it's very gay. Very gay. Um, the gay horse says gay yeah it has it has all of the elements it has powerful women it has red lipstick it has dramatic lighting it has flowy fabric it has chandeliers and candelabras it has classical instruments Uh, there's so much classical music at any given time yeah um and I didn't hate it um but yeah I'm just very very confused so um briefly just to go through i guess my list of reactions here let's see what we didn't hit upon um oh i enjoyed the fact that in the opening credits it didn't say makeup effects by it said makeup illusions by oh illusions by vanity how fucking gay is that the makeup illusions very strange um I, I really enjoyed Catherine Deneuve's um, uh, cat eye sunglasses throughout the movie. Um, I would like to know where she got her collection and point me in that direction. Um, apparently, everyone in this movie smokes. 
I mean, it is 83. You're allowed to smoke in restaurants. So yeah, there's it's, that. It's, it's the 80s in New York. And uh, I said, this is so 80s New York. It was. That that part was very um, spot on. Because um, if you don't know anything about 80s New York, it's gross. It's like gritty and um, very much less safe than it is now. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know... Um, uh, 1980s New York was just a very different place than it is now because they came in and you know quote cleaned up those streets and all that. Um. Um. Okay, we've already talked about how we're not on board with the animal experimentation and borderline abuse. Um, we, I already touched upon the fact that the sassy violin girl was very androgynous. <laughs> was that? A, I guess that was a choice. Um, but. I don't know. I was I wasn't sure if they were gonna turn her into a vampire, um, and then David Bowie just ended up eating her, and I was like, oh man, she had a lot of talent. That's a waste of talent, you know. She could have gone on to do good things with that violin of hers. Um, my next my next two <laughs> notes after that are no, don't do it to violin girl. She doesn't deserve this. And then the next one is oh well, poor violin girl. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, how did they afford this opulent house? And I think, you know, I, we figured this <laughs> out already. It's because, it's because they're very old and you accumulate things. Um, <laughs> it's also very indicative of the term old money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very literally. The very old money. Um, I didn't need to see Susan's boobs. Thanks. We already touched on that. Um, <laughs> no. Uh oh, and then there was that other line that Susan Sarandon says when she's talking to her boyfriend when she's like, How did you become so close with her already? And she goes, you know, she's that kind of woman. She's European. And I was like, uh, oh. I was like, um, technically anyone that's Caucasian is European, so get over yourself. Get mm. over it, John. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked about the trying to tie this into the biological world and how that failed. Um, there was a dynasty esque slap that happened when Catherine slapped Susan when she's like, "What did you do to me?" And I appreciated that. Hmm. Um, oh, I feel there was a common thread through all of this that was basically like almost a PSA for, um. You know, pedestrians aren't safe in New York City, so watch yourself when you cross the street. You know, there was there was a lot of like near um, car accidents between a car and a human body, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. which I don't. That seemed like too many in one movie. Like, don't be so heavy handed with that. Like, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I wrote, "Oops, she ate her boyfriend." Sometimes you just eat your boyfriend. And then I said, oh, my, my last, my last, uh, my last comment is, so Miriam is basically forcing a vampiric eternal form of Stockholm syndrome onto her lovers. That's fucked up. <laughs> that, and that's this, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, you know, like, Those are my thoughts. I don't know. Do you have any other more thoughts? No, this? I want to know how many pumpkins you want to give this. This is for real. 
mainly because I respect this as a inspiration for other pieces of art, such as American Horror Story. Um, and I understand why it has a place in the hearts of homosexuals. Um, I'll give it two pumpkins. Oh, that's because you're nice. <laughs> I think this is shit. I'm going to give this one pumpkin. All right, so that's a three out of ten. So that is a 30%. And I'm pretty sure that makes our score less than a lot of the... Uh, I just don't other... get it. Oh, my God, yeah. IMDb gave this a 6.7 out of 10. This movie makes me so mad because it makes me feel like I'm dumb because I don't get it. But it's not because I'm dumb. It's no. This doesn't have anything to do with anything. This is, I repeat, this is one of those weird art pieces where you're like, oh, yeah, I got to think about this. But no, you don't because it doesn't make any sense. I don't want to have to think about this anymore. And ever. It's, not, <laughs> it's, it, it's like it's over overproduced heavy-handed art sure it is art um art art art. this is art this is art this is art 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 what is what is that remember like bob the drag queen when uh, when 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 she was when it was the the new york girls on season eight um and they're doing the new wave challenge Oh, yeah. Yep, I do. Which is basically this movie in the New Wave Challenge. Yeah, I mean, uh, quite honestly, yeah. Um, I was all about the soundtrack, though. Like, that's the yeah. only reason I think I couldn't give this zero pumpkins. And right. I don't think we can give it zero pumpkins. I feel like that's blatantly unfair. Yeah, no. And I, I would watch this again. Would uh, you really? I would, because I am drawn to over dramatic opulence i mean i get it so with that i would rather watch great gardens oh well i will always watch great gardens now and forever um both the movie version and the actual documentary but they're both so good um yeah no i just i i enjoy it um on a level of I get where it's coming from, but it's not great. It's like a palate cleanser. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, like I would watch this if like, you know, nothing was on and I had it on in the background. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think I would watch this if I was like high and that would be a different experience. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, for the soundtrack. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it would be, I don't know. Because I, I, I can't decide if it would be too frightening when I was high. It might be like, it, you might just be overwhelmed. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of, especially with all the flashing. It's a lot of flashing. It's a lot of flashing. This is reasons for Hannah's boobs. It's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of boobs. There's a lot of flowing fabric. I don't know how I would deal with that. but Yeah, I mean, flowing fabric, hell yeah, sign me up. But like, okay. I'll like hard pass on this. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you might not know what I'm talking about, but um, in the 80s, Liza Minnelli did an album called, um, oh fuck, what is it called? Shit, one second, because you're a bad gay. I was about to lose my gay card. I need discipline. Nope, I don't, I'm not gonna say anything until I Google it. 
Um, well, when I say Google it, I mean go on to Spotify and find it. Um, it's one word. It doesn't make any sense. Results. It's called results. And okay. It was, it was her basically like 80s new wave like dance-ish album sure. situation. And like none of it's great, but there's one song. Also, these are covers of mostly Broadway show, show tunes, but as 80s alternative music. Okay. So um, there's a song called Losing My Mind from, I believe, Chess. Or maybe not. Um, I think it is. But anyway, she does a cover of this song. And this is probably one of the best tracks on the album. And I could just picture this, like I could play this song on loop and just watch The Hunger and it would be a perfect music video for this song. Oh, sure. I mean, like, no, I don't know that Liz Minnelli album in particular, but like I respect it because it's Liz Minnelli and, he, and she's a fucking treasure. Oh my but, God. Um, she's Liza. She's Liza. She's Lucille Ostero. Like... Ugh, I could just watch her all day. Um, oh no, why am I yawning? It's not that late. Because it's, it's 10 o'clock and we gotta put a plug in this. Alright, well, anyway. Um, I would highly recommend listening to Liza Minnelli's album results if you don't know what I'm talking about. You should go and find it on whatever streaming platform you use for music and it will probably be there. Um, I, you know, just that that's just like a gay tip for the week, you know? Um, just, just the tip. Just the tip. Um, okay, so. so quick thing before we say adios to our friends. I mean, final 33.333% on this sad mess. Um, anything else before we do our sign-off stuff? And I have something fun to plug. Oh, well, I I don't know. Uh, there's usually something to take away from a movie, and I just feel like there's not something to take away from this movie. Um, and that's disappointing because what did it achieve then, you know? Um, so maybe the real lesson here is um, perseverance and chutzpah and... Um, fiber oh yeah you gotta have a lot of yeah fiber so you know parting words take take what you will from that you're welcome you're welcome mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i also just want to do a quick homage to uh trixie mattel's making fun of the recent drama on youtube uh makeup channels um and it goes a little something like this um this week has been full of so many ups and so many downs this is a video i never thought i'd be making this person was like family i took them under my wing and i am completely blindsided <laughs> thank you scene 
See, and see, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just am not a fan. I could do without this in my life. All right, so then let's be done with it. Let's let's let let's let it loose into the into the ether. So mm, I don't want to let that loose in anywhere. Okay, um, <laughs> so... put, it, put it in a box in the attic. Yeah, put it in the attic. You put it in Sweden and you forget about it. <laughs> um, so quick thing. Uh, one of my longtime, lifelong friends, uh, is finally starting her own podcast and. I'm just going to plug it really fast because they're newbies. So this is in our Nancy's Helping Nancy's category. They are called Creator Die Podcast. And they're actually launching this week. So not sure where to look for them. Probably all of the places. But if you need help finding them, you can message me and I will find it for you. Mm. Cool. Yeah, it's they're going to address like some cool mental health stuff and like talk about being a single mom and, you know, all kinds of things that don't get the exposure that they really need to. So, yay on those ladies. Ladies helping ladies. I like ladies. Ladies are the backbone of everything. So, the backbone of the brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of society, of um of perseverance and fiber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And fiber. <laughs> and anyway. with that, pumpkins, mm-hmm. we will mm-hmm. leave you until next time. Keep on creeping on. Yeah. Follow us on the Instagrams at Copulator Die First Pod. Uh, you can always reach us at Copulators Die First Podcast at gmail.com. But either than that, what she said already. And bye. Bye.